Hey friends, this is Holly Goodman, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's group of exceptional autism parents. All right. Thanks for joining me for another podcast of Isaac's Autism in the Wild. Today, I have a group of parents joining me, and we're talking about parent connection. And that might seem kind of very vague, which, again, uh, I was a little bit vague because I do a lot of podcasting, so I have to keep all of my topics straight. So today, the intent that I had for this particular recording is to talk about parent connection groups and activities specifically and the value that they may have uh, for parents. And so I'm going to start out with Farah first, one of my guests that's joining me virtually. Um, Farah, I just said before I hit the record button that you're one of my veteran parents because you've been, uh, your kids are a bit older. And so I think the reason why I want to start with you is because uh, my son Isaac would be turning 18 after the first in 2021. And um, what parent connection in the day when Isaac was first diagnosed looks much, much, much different than what parent connect, uh, what parent connect activities look like now. Like there was no parent groups or places that I could go to get connected, to get my bearings about me. And that's what I want to start with you is, is that, could you just uh, give us a little background on you and then the age of your kiddos and kind of your journey and what it looked like? How did you get parent connections in terms of, obviously there was no formal group. So how you navigated that in those, in that time frame? Sure. I'm loving the the Isaac Foundation and having the the groups that we have here um, because one Chase is the one that that has autism and but first he wasn't diagnosed till he was 15. So we went for a long time not knowing and not really having a a group to even try to find because we didn't even know. Yeah. And so that that in and of itself was part of the problem because even if I had wanted to find groups and I, and I had, you know, moms that I was friends with and obviously and and family and that kind of thing, but we didn't I didn't have any groups to join or to ask questions of. Um, you know, we had the ADHD diagnosis early, but there were no groups around that and So you just kind of struggled along and nobody really talked about it. I mean, we'd get together every now and then with a group of moms, but unfortunately everybody wants to talk about all the good stuff, right? Oh, my kid's doing this and they're on this sports team and they grade, you know, did great in this club. And, you know, so all these great things. So, you know, mine was kind of like, well, yeah, my, well, my child quit that sports team and, didn't do this and didn't yeah. do that. And so I mean, essentially you're looking for a club of the underachievers. Yes, there's, exactly. Yeah, and there's not, yeah. Who wants to be part of the underachiever club because your kiddo doesn't quite fit into the mold for, for some of those other existing groups. I totally hear exactly what you're saying. And, and nobody, and you don't want to, you don't want to be the, the, you know, the complainer of the group, uh, the Debbie Downer that says, Oh, well, my child does and that. So you just kind of, listen and 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 feel like oh boy I wish you know I wish kind of 
wish I had something to say. And um, so, so yeah, it's very different in that one, I didn't have, you know, that group to say, I mean, I've been on these calls, uh, you know, the parents nights and everybody's, oh, this teacher, this, and this school district, that, and this is how we did here. And so there's so much sharing of information and um, places where you can ask questions and people you can get support from that we just, I mean, we didn't have. Uh, We were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants and hoping that things would work out. Um, And then once he did get diagnosed, then we were able to kind of get plugged in with some, some groups, but they were not local groups. And it was more through therapy and when he was off getting some, you know, some stronger therapy and, and things like that. So we got it thrown in with some parents in that regard. And so we did make great connections and that was a sense of support, but it was temporary and it was far it was afield. For the span of time that your child was accessing that type of therapy, right? Cause they're kind exactly. of groups that were exactly. connected to that clinic, if you will. I exactly. Was, and I don't know about you, but I felt when I was involved and, in, you know, trying to parent Isaac and then of course all of my friend groups and even, you know, trying to be in a parent cooperative preschool with, you know, Isaac and his brother, Tyler, I had nothing in common with these women. And I don't know about you, but like I ended up getting like depression was a real thing. It was hard for me anyway. And I, I'm certain I would have been depressed just because it was overwhelming, but I also was more depressed. And I really feel like it was because I didn't feel like I had anyone that understood where I was at. And you're right. You don't want to be the complainer. But no one in those groups, those parent existing groups with neurotypical kiddos could understand even a little bit of where I was. And so I found myself retreating from them. So um, I would do just the very, you know, for the parent cooperative preschool that we were in, I would just do my obligation, you know, because it's a parent cooperative, every parent had to volunteer a certain amount of time, but I didn't put myself out there. And I just did the bare minimum because it was too painful. It was just too hard. Um, And it just really... To me, it highlighted all the deficits of my child and um, it just created more of a rift and more depression for me when in those younger years. I don't know if you had that same experience, but. Uh, Very similar, um, except that we didn't really know, you know, we again, we didn't have a diagnosis. So it was just kind of, well, he's not really into those sports or he's really struggling at school or the meltdowns and the behavior problems we're struggling with at home that nobody could really, not only did they not talk about it, but nobody could really, uh, you know, sympathize or or understand it because it wasn't really happening in their home. They're like, Oh, he's just a, you know, he's just a behavior problem. Just, you just need more discipline and you're just a softy. And so nobody really understood where you're coming from. And, and so you didn't have, you didn't have this group that like this fabulous group, you didn't have anyone where you could say, Oh, well, we had this meltdown and everybody knew what meltdown meant or, Oh, we went to OT and everybody knew what it meant. You know, it was very, it was very lonely. And, um, fortunately I have, uh, uh, I have a brother with, with special needs. Um, again, we don't really know his diagnosis. I think it's a combination of autism and, and down syndrome, but so my mother understood because she has, you know, she has a child. And so I, at least I had someone who I could talk to and, and go to, but, but there was never a, 
mom's group or a mom's night out or, or anyone who even, or even a Facebook group that you could go to that, that really understood what you were going through or what you were talking about. And, and even if there was one, I didn't know which, I didn't know where to go because yeah. we didn't know what we were dealing with. Well, and, and in so, yeah, early, it was very lonely. Yeah. And in the early years, we didn't have Facebook. Facebook wasn't something that I got on yeah. until yeah. after Isaac passed away. So he would have been, you know, probably, you know, five or six before Facebook was really a thing. And it really took off with groups and whatnot. It's funny that you say that your mom ended up being kind of your support person because she had raised your brother and she at least had some, some knowledge and she could sympathize and give you some guidance. And it's interesting that you say that because the one person that stands out in my mind that was the most supportive and an unlikely source was my ex-husband's aunt who was in her eighties at the time, she raised a daughter with down syndrome. And so when it came out finally that, cause I, I will tell you that Isaac's grandparents weren't very forthright with uh, Isaac's diagnosis at first. They were very kind of very tight lipped and didn't share um, in their circle that their grandson had autism. But finally, when they did share it, they shared it with uh, my hus- ex-husband's aunt Grace. And she reached out to me immediately and sent me a letter saying what a blessing he is. And, you know, my daughter, you know, hears about Linda and, you know, she, you know, was very affected by Down syndrome. And so she, we ended up pen palling. And it's interesting that an 80 year old woman who lived in, I think it was Wisconsin, Iowa, she lived in Iowa in a, in a retirement community ended up being my lifeline because she was the only one that understood some of the challenges that I was. And so I would just really, and of course she didn't use inter- internet or anything like that technology. So we had to pen pal. And so yeah. I, wait, I couldn't wait for her letters to come so that I could, you know, just get some feedback from her. So I think that's interesting. So here we are fast forwarding now. Um, we're in the day and age of technology. I also have David that's joining me on this podcast. And I love it that David's joining me because David uh, has participated. So we have Isaac Foundation has a mom's group and we also have a dad's group, but we also have parent connection nights where it's basically geared towards people being able to access some of these programs, these support programs as a couple, because again, it's a little overwhelming. I will say the very first time you reach out to go to a parent group and you're going in by yourself, it is, it, it is nerve wracking. And very, you were that person. You actually came before COVID, you actually came to a mom's night and, you know, walked in um, new to the group, didn't know anybody in the group, but had heard about it and decided to come, correct? Yes, absolutely. But I do that. I'm comfortable doing that now. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm comfortable doing that now. And, and I'm just, I'm so happy to have people that understand and that to talk to. And even though most of y'all's kids are, are younger, it's still nice to, it's still nice to connect with moms who get it, to understand, because let me tell you, even at 22, I'm still dealing with a lot of stuff that y'all just haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. But, but it's still, it's still, you know, you still need that connection to people who, who get it. Yes. And so David, you actually didn't get connected with initially because the first time Farrah, I, I met you was actually, you came to a mom's night. Um, David, I knew you and your family long before we even started our parent connection nights. I met you because of just other programs that you were involved in. And then you kind of delved into more of the parent connection, but 
it's funny because you, in your guys, in your marriage, you, and you've said in different podcasts, cause you podcast with us quite a bit that you really are, tend to be the person that seeks out those connections. Um, and you, and, and your wife, Meg, she's been a little bit more, um, it has taken her a while to warm up and be comfortable going. And it just has to do with personality. It's just taking that first step and coming to a parent night, um, to connect with other parents, right, David? Um, it's interesting. And just to kind of add some insight uh, to what you say, you notice that like the invol- the involvement more so even on my end probably happened in the last couple of years. We were, I, I would consider us on the periphery initially. And if I had to go back and psychoanalyze, I would do that because so- I would engage in some of the stuff, but not all of it, because it just, it made it real. If I, if I, if I stay away and I don't do this and I don't connect because it, it just made it real. And then the more and more I got involved and I, to me, um, the thing that really launched it was this, the podcast and sitting in a round table group with other parents and, um, connecting on this level, this is really where it kind of took off. And, you know, it wasn't a conscious thing. It was a subconsciously like, you know, apparently I do have a desire to do this because I really do feed off of others talking about what's going on. So because of this, maybe I will try this dad's night. Um, it didn't happen prior to, it happened as a result of. That's a good point, David, because parent connection, where you find your parent connection doesn't necessarily have to be in a structured like Isaac mom's night or Isaac's dad night or one of our parent connection nights. <clears throat> I definitely see exactly what you're saying. You got connected, you needed the connection and the podcast was where you really got your feet wet and really started connecting. And then you're absolutely right. It kind of took that next step, which is a really good point in that, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a formalized group where you're meeting face-to-face. It can be in participating in small groups or even having a handful of people that you, you know, connect with on a regular basis. David, you're really good about self-care when it comes to connecting with just your guy friends, right? Because you have a couple guy trips that you take every year. Yeah, no, absolutely. That is the case. But even then, those in some ways were an avoidance thing because those are guys that I could try to bounce things off of, but they didn't understand. But um, in in this case, it's interesting that uh, the more I think about it, so how it evolved is then I was getting involved with like the knitting factory thing and then the, the taste of hope and you know, it was running into the parents in that setting, not necessarily a structured group setting, but we're all coming together for this type of event type of thing. Like the night you sprung on me, oh, there's the MC. And I'm like, what the hell? Who, me? Okay. I needed an um, MC, David, know. and you were there and you have radio experience. So I don't know what you wanted me to do in that circumstance. <laughs> Be careful well, letting no, me know honestly, what your, not- let me, yeah, you don't want to tell Holly what your gifts are because I will use those and I'll spring it on you at the last minute. It's great. Right. So, um, the, uh, no, but look, now, now we have a story that we connect on and not only that, but all the people that were present and involved that night, that's something we can connect on. And it's through those meetings that you have the brief interaction of, Oh, how was your day? A complete shit show. Here's what happened. Oh, and you can't say that to other people. Look, we are a bit irrational and protective of our anger in that, like, 
oh, well, my kid did this. I'm like, shut up. Your kid's normal. Mine's not. Like, I don't want to hear about how yours struggled to eat broccoli when mine won't eat anything. And yeah. like, you know. Oh, well, my kid did that when they were the three. So what? My kid was seven. You know what I mean? That's what I always get owly about is like, oh, really? So you're downplaying my like successful moment at the age of seven because your kid did it at three. Like you are not my friend anymore. Like there's just some people you can't talk to in that same capacity. Well, and, and it, look, they're just trying to connect and I get it. But then when you sit like the time that I did go to the, um, the dad's group and it's just like, it's something that's like, you don't even have to go into detail. Like, how did it go? Oh, complete nightmare. This like, okay. Yeah, I get, it. I mean, even cause dudes don't want to talk about that stuff. And, yeah. and yet there is that recognition when you bring it up. Oh yeah. It was a complete show. I'm a horrible parent. Like, yeah, me too. And like, there's no shame behind it. There's no shame behind the fact that, you know, a successful day and a lot of times of parenting in our homes is just that we all survived. We're all alive, you know? Um, and as, as Farrah was saying, and, and you were saying like, not having to um, really deal with those that, you know, you know, we had the same thing in our family too, where it was like, we couldn't legitimize it to them until they heard it from somebody else, you know? for whatever reason. Oh, I think, you know, look into other things. Maybe it's not that it's not that big a deal. It's like, no, we're living it on a daily basis. And you're the people that are closest to us. And yet we can't convince you and yet. You can have a connection with a complete stranger who is in your circumstance who you've never met before. And so there's just a huge value in that. It's like, you don't know each other, but you know each other. Well, and that's the thing. You don't have to provide the backstory. When you're in your autism tribe or your special needs tribe, Farrah's giving me the nod. Yes, yes. You don't have to give the backstory. Because it's, it's the instant understanding that everybody has. You just say one word and they're like, oh yeah, got it. You know, yes, I, I get I'm, it. I'm and, with you. Tell me and it's comforting. Story. It's comforting. And you don't have to talk about, all you have to do is say meltdown and everybody's like, oh, you know, and you just know. And yeah. you don't have to describe and go into detail and the backstory and the da 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 da. It's just, oh, I get you. I get you. Well, and Barry, you were in our last mom's group that we had online because we we're in the midst of COVID. So we um we had done some small group sessions in person during like the early fall, but now we're back to 100% online. But one of the fun things about the last mom's night, which I love, again, your son is older. And so again, you don't have necessarily the exact same thing in common with the moms who have the littler kiddos, but you are sharing your story about your son and his job. And here's the thing about it too, is that we could still all 100% relate to your story because again, it's the whole getting the job and then you know, the transitioning and he's now living in an apartment. So then, you know, we're just talking about how it's taken and he's organizationally, he's still not quite where he needs to be. But what was cool about that is, is that I don't have a kid that where you're at, but we still all, because we understand the backstory and we understand some of the obstacles that our kiddos face just in general, it was so, people had a lot of questions. We were all, of course, wanting to know, oh, what hours does he work? Because I'll go to Best Buy. Like, does he get a commission? And how can we support him? And I love that about that mom's night was that you were just sharing kind of where you're at. And it's still, even though you're in a different phase, you're still raising a child with autism, high-functioning autism. And we, I was riveted by that because it's like, I want to hear all the things. We, you were just, it, you're farther ahead, but it's so applicable and we need, we want to know this. It also gives me a lot of hope. It's like, oh, employment, this is amazing. And just to say, it was nice to have somewhere where I could say that 
I mean, that's like my, my, you know, you don't often get to brag about your, your children on the spectrum. And so for me to have somewhere where I could say that with pride and have people understand what a big deal that was, because people with other, other people with kids, you know, Chase's age, they're like, oh yeah, well, my, my son, you know, has got his degree and he's got a job and he's living in an apartment and that's a huge deal. And, and it was nice to have somewhere to share that with people who understand what a big deal it was for me and for him, for all of us. So I, I appreciated being able to have that space. Yeah. And that's, I guess, where I'm saying, I want to make sure we're giving, you know, just because you're in a different phase doesn't mean this type of parent group where you have kiddos that are all ages isn't still very valid and rewarding for you. Because too, there, there are times where, you know, you're just a real value because again, being able to kind of see a fast forward and hear some real positive things. Well, there are challenges. There are still positive things to look forward to really is encouraging for us to hear. And then too, it's really encouraging too. Another thing that happens during these um, moms group parent connect nights, I'll explain what kind of dad's night night looks like. Actually, Dave and I will talk about David's or dad's night here in a minute because it looks a little bit different. Um, But you have parents that are newly diagnosed or parents that are suspecting that their child is on the autism spectrum, but they're still going through the process or they're wanting more information about like, how do I go about getting an assessment? And so that was really valuable too, because there's, you know, moms that are asking or they're just figuring it out. And so you have moms and, and dads that are in different phases of where this is and exactly what you're saying for sharing of information and, you know, celebrating the, hey, you know, like we only had three meltdowns today. And, you know, before we started ABA therapy, it was all day long where it was just one meltdown after another. And so you can celebrate those small wins. And also too, for what, to what you said too, where you have a school challenge or you have an obstacle and then just hearing how other families went about it, or you might find someone in the same school district as you so they can give you a direct contact. So there's a lot of great things that happen. Now, dad's site looks different, right, David? Because you're right, the dads don't really like talking about the in-depth stuff that we moms like to really dive into and and get you know into the nitty gritty. So we we get into the nitty gritty, we embrace it, we talk about it, we hash it out, um, we laugh, we cry, uh, we play games. Dads, um, not so much. You're right; they really don't necessarily want to talk about it. So what you guys do is you play trivia. So like it's trivia night for the dads, and they eat pizza and drink beer. Now, with that being said, it's not like you guys never talk about the topic of autism and how it impacts your kiddos because you weren't there at this dad's night, but there was um, a situation where a dad was late getting there and he says, oh, sorry, I'm late. You know, like, unfortunately, like we still haven't licked the whole potty training thing. Like, is there, is, is this, is my, is it even possible? Is it, is it hopeless that this kid because I think that it might have been a situation where poo poo might have been smeared on some walls or whatever. And of course, you know, this is an older kid in elementary school, and we're still not, you know, fully potty trained. And another dad that was there, and it was more of just a, you know, oh, you know, poop. And, you know, like, I don't think my life is ever not going to have poop in it, thanks to autism. And this one dad says, you know what, hey, uh, there's hope, man. You know, my kiddo was, you know, in high school and we finally have it down. And guess what? Like, so like, there's still hope, like potty training can happen. And it was just, it's not like they went into the nitty gritty. Oh, like how, what did your kid do? Did they eat it? Did they smear it? Did they, you know, just what's the story here? It was just the, Hey, there's hope. 
my kiddo potty trained in high school. And so don't give up the fight, man. Don't give up the fight. And that was really encouraging for this dad that was just thinking like, oh my gosh, like I'm going to be changing diapers and having to deal with this for the rest of my life. And that wasn't necessarily the case. It was very uplifting in that short span of time, which probably was, if we're being real, less than 60 seconds. It was less than a 60 second exchange, but very validating and helpful. Um, Would you say that it's true? I mean, it's not that you guys don't talk about it, David. It's just that it looks different for you guys. How you guys connect with one another is different, right? Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, you had the pizza, beer, and trivia, and that type of thing. And we uh, have some running commentary on some of the things that happened. But in the situation like you described, what a guy would probably do, like I would, is if you found a connection with a specific individual, you would probably exchange information with that individual rather than bringing it to the group as a whole. Again, overly general. Now, me, I'm the type that would bring it to the, the group as a whole. But, I mean, in general... A lot of guys, they're more comfortable in a one-on-one situation and not having to share the intimate details with a whole bunch of others. And so from that standpoint, you know, that's what makes it invaluable is you'll find somebody that you can pair up with, buddy up with. For whatever reason, your husband and I, you know, connected from the very, from the get-go when we started doing the podcast. And so I know that he's somebody that I can relate to and I can call on and and vice versa. Whenever the chips are down, not just... Yeah, you guys have more contact probably outside of podcasting and just events than you do inside of events because John doesn't participate in as many podcasts. But yeah, you guys exchange information and you guys end up conversing probably more outside of our Isaac Foundation structured events than you do inside. Um, and that's invaluable. It is. Um, you know, and just in the parent connection too, because then, you know, we see each other out and about. And then we see the family together and we see, uh, you know, the family meltdown on public display. You know, there's just a recognition and knowledge of, you know. And what's cool, too, is that when we see each other in public, when we see each other in public and then we end up with the meltdown, it's lovely because then your tribe runs interference for you. They're just like, I got this. Like, don't worry. Just go, you know, grab this, that. What can I get you? And it's nice because then when you happen to come across someone in just day to day life, but they know your life. They're the ones that are just, they're, they're there and they're like cleaning up the math, the aftermath for you. And like, just like, peace out, gotta go. Like they'll got, they got it for us. But um, there's a lot of validation. You get to know, have those relationships. And a lot of those relationships have become exactly what you said, David, is they've then become nurtured outside of some of these organized structured events. And so they're just true um, relationships like you became face you become Facebook friends with the different moms and so then you're celebrating you know posts and different things like that um, now here's I'm going to segue this because while I'm a huge fan of organized parent connection opportunities I, I will just go on record once again and I'm sure I've probably said this in five different podcasts but I think it's worth just reminding when I was the mom of Isaac I just felt very defeated alone and depressed And when I look at when Caleb was diagnosed and we started down the journey of being, you know, the parents to a child with autism with Caleb, I wasn't, I mean, are you sad? Yes. Are you nervous about, you know, things? Sure. But I did not feel alone even a little bit because you, I had already made relationships with special needs parents by that point. And so I felt like I had people that I could connect with and understood that. And so it was much, much, much different. And I was less, and it's a hundred percent related to those parent connections. 
Um, and so that's why I'm a big believer in just organized groups and ways that people connect. Now, with that being said, another great place that I have seen parents connect, um, if you aren't comfortable doing something that's more structured and organized, like an Isaac's mom night, Arcuspo can also have parent connection activities as well for their parent to parent connect. We'll make sure that we put that information if you're interested in that group as well, because they have a very active Facebook group too of different parent activities. Um, but if you're not, if that's not your jam or that's a little overwhelming, another good place I have found connections are just in some of the Facebook groups that are private groups that are specific to raising children with special needs. Um, and so I have a handful that when you know a family gets referred to me and we make initial contact. I always ask them, you know, are you on social media at all? Because I really feel like the one, there's a lot of bad things that, and things I don't love about Facebook, but the good things that I do love about Facebook have to do with some of these real specific groups that you can create that are private, that can be geared towards raising children with autism or clubs, interests, activities, different things like that. Um, so that's been my experience. I Now, again, you know, you can't always control who are in those groups and not everybody has constructive advice. Um, but by and large, they're moderated pretty tightly so that that way, if there is a problem, it gets handled pretty clear. And then there are rules within these groups in terms of, you know, how we have to behave. And, you know, should someone continue to be a problem, they'll just flat out just, you know, have to exit them out of the group. So I do feel like it's not perfect, but uh, it is definitely a good place where you can get some parent connections. Do you guys find that, um, David, I don't know if you're on any of those groups there. I know that you are in some of those groups because I've seen you because we're, you know, it tells you that you have friends that are also yes. in the group. And I think I've tagged you in a few things because I just know that you're, you have great information. So I will tag some of my mamas that I know have personal, um, you know, experiences that might help a person that's posing a question or has a struggle. Right. Um, so Vera, do you feel like those are, are, are places where you can go to get some parent connection? Absolutely. And and I can't tell you how great they have been because I had them before I found you guys. And uh, it, it has been a huge help for me because there, there are several groups, you know, like you said, there's a couple where I'm like, eh, there can be some, some mean people on there. But a couple of two or three of the groups that I really enjoy and, and you can start out your post, say, I need advice. And then boy, the floodgates open. I mean, you'll get more advice than you can possibly even read through. Um, but what I loved about it, what made me really appreciate it is whether I took the advice or not, it was nice to see posts where it was like, oh my gosh, me too. Yes, my son this and my son that, and we're going through this. And, and it was all, it was like, one after another, after another, after another, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing. And particularly as they get older, because it, it was important for me, because you keep thinking, uh, we, we should be past this. Is it something that we're not doing? Should we be, you know, doing something different? And, and so it really does make you feel less alone, and less like you're screwing up when you hear, Yes, my 25-year-old is, you know, still living at home and doing this. And yes, my, you know, 28-year-old or whatever. Yeah. And so you hear it over and over and over and over and over again, the same stories. So you realize, okay, this isn't about my parenting. 
this is this is how this works and this is how this happens because then you know occasionally you'll see these oh my son graduated with his you know master's degree in blah 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 and went off to the college all by himself and I'm thinking well geez you know we can't even make it through a few community college classes and and then you think am I doing it wrong or you know and then but then you see post after post after post that are exactly like you and you think okay I'm I'm not alone we're all doing we're all just kind of struggling at the same thing and and it has been very helpful and I have gotten some advice off of there and uh, not it's not always great advice and and some things work for some people and and not for others so but I understand that and I appreciate it. So you're more likely to find an answer when you get a response from 150 people. Yeah. <laughs> you might find something that works for you than if you, you know, try three things and you're like, well, those didn't work, right? Yeah. Well, I've got a hundred more different things that I can try um, to see. So they've been they've been very helpful and very um, welcoming usually and and very gentle and you know yes they've they've been very very helpful I, I really appreciate with that them. same thing and a lot of it is sometimes I don't you know here's the thing Holly at the Isaac Foundation could probably post on an answer to every single one of those questions and I try not to because I don't want to be that person <laughs> um but really what I love because I do follow a lot whether I actually you know sometimes I'll just like or I'll just post a little hugs you know like I'm so sorry you're struggling hugs because I don't want to be that know-it-all. Oh, Holly's posting again because she's a know-it-all. Um, but it really is valid. When you're reading it, it's like, it always just really is encouraging to me. It's like, look at wherever, it's a spectrum. And we're all in different places. Some are a little farther ahead. Some are a little farther behind. Um, some are more severe. Some are more high-functioning. But it's just, it's a, it's a, overall, I feel like it's very welcoming and supportive. And it also helps normalize some of the stuff. It normalizes some of the things. And whether you have the issue or not, I, I, I do still try and read some of the posts because, you know, sometimes I think to myself, oh, I had never thought of that. I'm wondering what the population of people are suggesting or what I think I know. It's like, oh, this is how I, what I would recommend. Then you go through, read the comments and it's like, oh, there's like three other really great ideas. Mm -hmm. And so again, it's just, you have to take it with a, a you know, there's some great stuff and then there's not so great stuff. So David, my question to you is because you're our signature dad that helps us out on our podcast. So we can get, multi, you know, different sides of this. Do dads seek out those types of groups or is that not really a place that dads traditionally go to? Because primarily I mostly almost always see it's more women. And so that it always kind of makes me curious. So to answer your question, um, apparently not. Um, I would think it would be a great, uh, a great uh, both of you to tag on some of the names of some of these groups uh, for the listening public at the end of the podcast, maybe on the Isaac Foundation site. Because I mean, yeah, you, you, look, I get to this point where I feel like I'm doing more than I ever have in this regard. And yet there's so much more to do. But do I take the time to kind of go seek it out? No. Like, just like with this, I stumbled across the the podcast, which turned into all these other things. And, um, you know, we are not great multitaskers. Give us one task and point us in a direction we will go. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, you know, the difference between men and women. I mean, you know, subtle hints don't work. Obvious hints don't work. You have to tell us what to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to, if you're trying to get us to clue in on something, we will just sit there and go like, you just need to tell me because otherwise I'm not getting this. So, yeah. um, I, you know, 
So David, is it one of those things where a dad could feel overwhelmed because you and my husband are very similar because you guys are fixers. You're just like, oh, we have a problem. Let me come in and fix it. And again, we've talked about just being a compassionate witness. Like sometimes I just need my husband as a fireman. He just, he's really good at trying to fix things. And it's like, babe, I just want, I just want to complain and have you compassionately listen to me and say, oh, honey, I'm sorry you had a hard day. So I was thinking that my husband, he is in, I think he's in these groups but he hardly ever comments. And so my thought is, is, is it because men as, as, as fixers would find that to be a very overwhelming platform to be in because you feel like you need to crack the knuckles and like get fixed in people's problems? Or is it just, again, it's just that ne- the thought never occurred to you? I think it's more, for me, it's just, it never occurred to me. I just didn't research or think of it and it didn't cross my mind until you brought it up now you you, now that you've brought it up yeah i'd like to know what some of these things are and when we go in there you know we're going to have one very specific thing how did you deal look at a couple pieces of advice okay go um you know just like when we go shopping we don't shop we're hunters i need a shirt go get shirt grab shirt pay for shirt leave um you know and it's like we're not looking at anything other than where that shirt is get me the heck out of here but you know there are times when let's just say the pain gets acute enough to where you're like this is a real pain point on a specific issue that i don't know how to deal with anymore the pain of not doing something about it has now become greater than the pain of doing something about it so i need to go find the answer so this is you know what's going what's going to lead us there but, you know, are we going to proactively seek it out in the process? Necess- not necessarily. Um, yeah. And now that you're mentioning that. these things exist, yeah. Yeah, I think the reason why John got added to some of these groups is he is our resident first responder, or special needs parent person. So oftentimes when there's an issue and it has to do with first responders or 911, oftentimes he'll get tagged by some of these administrators of these groups to actually be able to answer and direct people. So I'm certain that's probably how he got added to some of these groups, but um, in my mind, like I said, knowing that he's a fixer, it, I, I wonder, cause you know, he doesn't really weigh in on a lot. He does read different things because he'll say to me, Oh, you know, did you, I was on Facebook and I saw a, such and such parent post. Like you might, did you see that post? Like, I think you might need to reach out to them. So he'll tell me that, Oh, you know, someone's somebody, you know, posted something and I think they could benefit from some support. So, but so, again, he very rarely actually posts responses unless it's first responder related he's been tagged and called out so my husband does not um he's not a part of those facebook groups and i think for for several reasons one because he knows i'm going to read through it all and i'm going to tell him the important parts anyway whether he wants (laughs) whether he wants to hear it or not two i also think sometimes he's like "I, i i deal with it enough all the time i don't need to then read more about it in, you know, in social media, when like when he's looking at Facebook and stuff, that's his downtime, his relaxed time. And he's like, I don't need to be thinking about my problems and, and the tough times while I'm on social media. So he just kind of doesn't want that. And, you know, I think women too, or at least me generally, I'm, I'm definitely more open about talking about things and putting it out there and telling my story. And, and he's definitely, you know, more close to the vest and, as a lot of, I think, dads are. And so he's like, I'm not going to sit there and, you know, go back and forth and talk to about with someone on online that I don't know and have never met and some total stranger. And that's not his comfort level with sharing. 
And so he kind of leaves that all to me. Um, not to mention, he's like, I, I know where we are. I don't need to read about everybody else's problems too. Well, I don't need to take that in yes. because I got enough to deal with me? on my own. Yeah. I don't need to hear about everybody else's. So we just have different levels of comfort as far as what we need and, and what we're willing to, to share. And, and I think we, we probably land pretty uh, typically in the, you know, women versus men, what we're, what we're, what we need and what we're willing to share. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing that goes to that whole self-care, which we're going to be talking about on our next podcast that we'll be recording and airing in January is we're going to do another podcast about how we, what self-care looks like for our families, especially during COVID. And some of the self-care that we'll be talking about is, you know, where you connect and how you connect and you're kind of recharging your bodies. You're absolutely right. Men don't necessarily have to offload a bunch of stuff off of their chest. Like women need to connect. And that's really what gets us charged, recharged. Whereas men tend to have other um, ways that they recharge. So David, I hope you're available for that podcast because I need a dad to tell us how, how, you know, how you do self-care as a dad perspective. So hopefully I can make you available. You're nodding your head like maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh, it, it is a maybe right now. Um, we will discuss that offline. But I just I, one thing that you said, Ferris, too, we have a capacity limit. Uh, you know, I, I found this out, the difference pretty early on in dating Meg. I mean, we were going through these classes, pre-marriage classes uh, through our church and everything. And we just got done with one and we went and had coffee and she pulls out this book about relationships and like, here, I got you one, too. And I'm just like and she wants to look at it. I'm like, um can we just take a break from this? And she took it as like, you don't care enough about our relationship to delve into this deeper. And I'm like, no, that's not it. It's like, we just went through a class together. We're sitting having coffee. I've reached my capacity. I, you know, it doesn't mean I don't want to look into this. It's just like, not right now. (laughs) Your cup, your cup is full. That's what we always say. We say my cup is full. Yeah. I can't take anymore. Yeah. And that's a really valid point too. Well, thank you guys for joining me. I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this podcast of Isaac's Autism Wild. I will be sure to put in the show notes some of these Facebook groups that uh, we have been connected with. So that way, anyone that's listening or even David, if you want to go back and find these groups so you can um, join by all means, we'd love to see your commentary in there. We'd love seeing you on podcast or listening to you on podcast. I'm sure people would love to be able to interact with you on some of these Facebook groups too. You're practically famous, right, David? Um, to several uh, dozens of people throughout the world. Yes, apparently. Yeah, yeah. in Australia, you're real popular. Just think that. All right, thank you guys. I'll go ahead and wrap it up. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.